This is Fireground Action Photography, Episode 53, recorded June 12th, 2010. On this episode, we're joined by our pal and renowned Southern California action photographer, Gene Blevins. This episode is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audiblepodcast.com slash FAP. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Fireground Action Photography, the podcast produced by and for photographers specializing in emergency services action photography. My name is Craig Derling, and I am your host. Joining me once again for episode 53 of the FAP podcast is none other than my right-hand man, Ross Benson. Welcome back, sir. Craig, from the shores of Triple E to the base camp of us right here in Southern California. How are you? I'm good. We last saw each other at Fire Service Day. Well, podcast-wise, officially, Fire Service Day in Burbank. That was a great day. That was good. We, we had a lot of photographers come through. We did. You know, that, that day, I still am looking at pictures that we both shot or I shot. And I, uh, yeah, we had a great day. That was we, three, 4,000 people. Out there, and we had uh, photographers come from Santa Barbara, yep. from, from Burbank, Lancaster, from all and over. Burbank, yeah. If you, uh, you know, we made a podcast episode out of it, episode fifty-two. Put a few pictures up there on the firegroundaction.com website, so check that out. If you're still catching up, you haven't listened to it yet, but that's that's where we were last time we did a show. Well, joining us, joining us from the Metro Denver area is our old friend Tim Tons. Welcome back, Tim. How you been? I've been good. Hello from Colorado. Been busy there with the uh, world of weather? Oh, they got a lot of storms. The world of weather has been busy. Lots of storms. It's even snowing in the high country today with 46 degrees at my location. But it's it's a dry 46. It's a damp and no. showery. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, it's a dry. It's uh, 78 and sunny in the uh, studio here. You know, I, I saw these Facebook notes or Twitter notes from the guys back in Boston that rain daily. They had I mean, some storms go through. They had. They think they had microbursts that blew some good sized trees into houses. And they, yeah, that's you, what I'm reading. Yeah, if you go to Rick and Ted's websites, um, RickNollMedia.com and FirstDoPhotos.com, they have some pictures posted uh, and video, I think, of some of the uh, storms that they uh, they covered back in the, the Massachusetts and New Hampshire, I think, and so some odd weather all around. Well, you know, Craig, uh, it, it, two days ago. I was on the, uh, we had an overturned tanker on the 134 freeway, and it got to 80-some-odd degrees out here. I, you know, with full turnouts, I was a schwitzen, as they say. And uh, from one end to the other, I mean, uh, I, I couldn't get enough water in me to uh, replenish it. Well, there you go. <clears throat> Thanks for that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I should bring it up early, too. Uh, I uh, am uh, the... Uh, the owner of a uh, new camera. Oh, I hate you for this. Oh, I hate you. But let me introduce our, our special guest first. I he, think so. He may have some input on that. Oh, yes. But you know him, you love him, you've heard of him, you've seen his work. Uh, actually, in episode 41 of the podcast, he joined us on the fireground of the La Brea uh, wildfire, walking through oh, some yeah. sand and stuff. 
None other than Mean Gene Blevins is with us here in studio. Welcome, Gene. Uh, good afternoon. It's good to be here finally. Finally, uh, got, finally. Finally, compared to what happened last weekend of yes, no, yes, and no, I couldn't make it. Yeah, we've tried, been trying to get uh, Gene uh, t- uh, to sit down with us long <laughs> enough to actually uh, do a show. He's a busy guy. He is a media guy. You're a news photographer, so you, you're pretty much 24-7 when you have to cover stuff. And so. that's what happened last weekend when I promised I could make it. I had a one assignment before I came over here, and then we got a word we had of a, a murder suspect that was finally uh, located. and Only in L.A., a samurai sword-wielding porn yeah, star. Porn star with a samurai who killed someone the week prior, and they finally found the guy on a edge of a cliff, uh, probably about five or six miles away from where I was, and it was a standoff situation, so then I had to abort your show. How and long get were you out? There. How many hours were you out there in the in the sun? It was in it, the eighties, right? About ninety. It was ninety up there in those hills in the uh, hills of Chatsworth. Uh, up there, probably for about a good seven and a half hours. I got there about it was about a little bit after eleven o'clock when I had to abort your show, and so I got there right around twelve. Didn't get done till about six thirty. By the time he finally jumped, and then they transported him and everything. Uh, by the time I then. You know, get everything transmitted out, but it was a long day. Yeah, yeah. well, was, you, and you, you had a great series of images from him jumping. Yeah, the uh, what it turned out to be pretty good was um, is that where we were up the hill, just around the corner from the guy. Uh, we couldn't see him, of course, but then uh, one of my other news crew guys that I know really well told me that they had another news crew down below. They can see the guy about a mile and a half further down. So I left the upper scene, went down to the lower scene, and uh, found a good spot next to another news crew that I knew and. Uh, Put on a 500 millimeter, just to show how far I was. Oh, I was, you did have the 500. I, I used a 500 millimeter with a 1.7 converter on it, so that gave me a 850 millimeter on a D3 Nikon, and it was a good shot shooting straight across a whole view of the suspect on the edge of the cliff with the SWAT team guys. And then if this guy decided to f- jump or whatever, I was going to have him completely falling all the way down through the frame of my camera, and uh, basically that's what initiated at the end of this thing when the negotiations failed. Now, for folks listening, if you go to the uh, L.A. Daily News website, right. which is dailynews.com, dailynews.com, and search through the online uh, the photo, photo galleries, galleries, you'll see Gene's coverage of that. Now, what's not in there is him ultimately landing. Did well, anybody get the... Uh, well, no, because it was really... Hard. There was two areas where the it was just me and a Channel 11 crew where I was, but the rest of the news, the news crew guys were probably about another mile and a half closer, but they were more looking up. Okay. So... Um, one of the guys there next to me was talking to his crew that was over there and said, you could see the suspect, but not all the officers because you're looking more of an upper angle. Where I was, I was shooting straight across like a canyon where I could see everything. And so I thought that was definitely a better angle, which turned out to be because once I saw the news coverage that night where uh, Channel 7 was, yeah, you see the guy on the edge of the rock. You see two officers coming, and then he mm-hmm. finally slips, you know, jumps off. But no more than a and he second. he just falls out of frame. No, there's a big tree branch. Okay. Totally blocked the rest of the shot of him falling. Totally got in the way. I go, man, thank God I stay where I was because right. I got the whole sequence him going down, sort of bouncing off the rocks a little bit and then going out of my frame because where I was, the, he went below these other bushes that were in the way in the foreground and and just down the canyon. So, But then once he was there, once he fell, I think no more than a minute later, there's two SWAT guys already down at the bottom sort of standing over him with their guns just on him. Just in case. Just in case, right. And but uh, he was in pretty bad shape. So, But it paid off to where I was because I had the whole sequence, but the drama was and or the – the hardship was is being in that weather. I mean, we did have water, right. but you had to keep your eyes on him. Because it could happen any Any second. Because there's times he was doing like a push-up position with a samurai into his gut. About right. ready to just like force the thing into him like a Harry Carey type. He was about ready to do that. He almost did a couple of times. So you had to really watch that out uh, if he was going to do that. But then he didn't. And it just went back and forth. And then, That's it. 
how hard is that on you physically in that weather mm-hmm. for that many hours? I mean, with your finger basically on the trigger the entire time. Well, luckily, I for my experiences of what I sort of got around that was, yeah, that's very tiring. So what I did, I got I got those pocket wizards. So and and with a five hundred millimeter on a good steady tripod, and we had heat waves getting in the way too because it was hot out there. So I put the pocket wizards on the camera. So I just get the other pocket wizard in my hand. Just I could just nail the camera right away. And that's basically and what you're happened. Si- you're sitting in your I mean, lawn I'm, chair I'm, with I'm a cigar sitting, and a martini. Well, actually, you know, I put an umbrella on my <laughs> tripod for the sun because it was really it was really. Nasty and it's going to heat up the equipment too. Uh, well, no, the, well the, the equipment, yeah. So that's why I put the umbrella, and that definitely helped a little bit. But then I stood next to the Channel Eleven guy. Uh, he had his his, uh, his uh, trunk open thing, his uh, third door open on the back of his car, so it was a lot cooler there. But still, you had to keep your eyes. You had to keep looking there because you saw the SWAT guys moving around. Or are they going to make their move? And yeah, like five, seven hours out there, it was just murder. Oh God! It's got to be physically and mentally draining. Though. Well, yeah, you you don't want to miss the shot if right. it was going to end that way. You just it's don't like know. shooting. Well, and we'll get into it a little later. Is a boxing, the boxing match. Yep. If you if you know you can shoot a thousand a thousand <laughs> frames. <laughs> if you miss the knockout Got punch, you it's you're done. Screwed. Yeah, you, you missed the none of the pictures matter. <laughs> right. So you could have stood there with that guy on the rock for seven hours. If you missed the shot of him falling off, it was yeah. worthless. And, yeah, and there was the fifty fifty chance that could happen. Yeah. And basically this guy did want to die. He didn't want to live or he wanted you know, he didn't want to live. So and that's basically how it ended. He uh the SWAT guys we saw the SWAT guys moving around a little bit, getting closer, and they were like putting ropes around him, like tying themselves off to the rocks behind them. Right. So like, okay, something's gonna go down and, and then, so they won't go over. Exactly. That was the exact plan and so uh Finally, we can tell the negotiator was just like he, they tried everything, and three officers came up from behind one rock. We could see their heads, but they finally came up. Um, one had a ta- had a taser gun, the other one had a shotgun with a beanbag round, mm-hmm. and they f- the tasers went off first, then the shotgun r- round, and then there's two other officers that came in from the north side, shot their tasers, and he's getting all tangled up in these tasers. And you see a couple of them missing him, like these strings going past him. And he just, he just sort of hopped more trees right on the edge anyway. He's getting tangled up, and they're they coming at him, and he just that he just leaped right off and just slid, sort of like yeah, slid cause, off. Because some reports said that they tased him off no, the cliff. No, no. If you watch the video, he he yeah. oh, he, did, he, he nudged himself over nudged and himself. jumped off. Yeah, that's yeah. what he wanted to do. And and uh, he had the samurai in hand. I think he had two shots of him with a samurai in his hand and everything like that right. going down Go the side down. of the cliff. He had made it very clear during the week while they were looking for him, he wasn't going to be taken alive. He had made comments. LAPD was kind of following him during the week. They <clears> found <throat> out where he was staying, and he said, they well, and said a, and a the resident, beginning. a hiker, found him laying well, up there. Little, yeah, he was uh, obviously he, someone that doesn't belong up there, but he recognized right. him from the but news. He, and he saw the car. He said he saw the car at the base. Right, LAPD the license, had put out a want for a blue Went car. on the internet, found the story, yeah. and then you know, during his hike, found him laying up there. But. Yeah, then the officers came up, and then it went into a little bit of a small foot pursuit, and then he went down on the edge of the cliff, and then and that was it for the rest of the day for yeah. a standoff and for seven, eight hours almost. So yeah. that, so that's some Gene Blevins, Blevins' uh, recent history. Yeah, I was going to say, let's hit that rewind. But let's <laughs> rewind because, I mean, you shoot mainly uh, – you're a freelance photographer for the Daily News, right. LA Daily News, a, a big uh, Los Angeles uh, newspaper. But you've been doing that for 20 years now? Uh, I've been with a paper going on my 26th year this November. So I know when Gene started, <laughs> I had hair. Yes, that's right. Roscoe and I go, yeah, Roscoe had hair. So I actually, so did I. My hair was down yeah, to the, you, uh, you had the mullet. Yeah, I had the mullet. Yeah, it was the 80s. With the clown pants. And, uh, that's right. Gene, oh, and I go, uh, Gene and I go way, 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 way back. back. <laughs> I mean, uh, Gene used to be a DJ at a local bar here in town. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Black Angus. Yeah. Black Angus. Oh, we, we, rocking, rocking that Van Halen and Blondie. Oh, we were man, in a CB club. 
um, back when right out of high school, when we were in our 15, 20 neighborhood radio watch. Yeah. And uh, oh my. So we go way, way back. So let's go way back. Uh-huh. It was, now, did it start with the Daily News? What? Got, how did you get into photography? How did that, uh, that spark, spark get going in you? To try to make it really short? No, make no, it long. Short. Make well, it very long. long. Let's go real time. In the beginning. Through your career. In yeah. the beginning. You lived in Glendale. You no, no. God created raised. the heavens and the earth, and it all sort of went from there. Okay. Well, so, that's why I said it was later. dark, then it got light. Yeah, it got yeah. light. Um, Born and raised here in Glendale, California. We were uh, neighbors. Uh, he lived over that say. We actually yeah. have Gene here with us. So yeah. <laughs> you, you, why don't you take no, it? Ross Taylor. Why don't you take it, I'm chewing on this excellent punch cigar. Let me take the picture. Let me take the picture. Gene is sitting in the studio. It's 80 degrees. He's got... Three cell phones, a MiFi card, a scanner, a two-way portable radio, and a cigar. And a cigar. Oh, and don't forget the uh, Bluetooth in his ear. And the Bluetooth. And, he and is it, ready it is a, to go. It is a punch cigar, but I can't light it up here. It's a this man is, smoking show. Yes, mm. this man is – well, after we'll be after, smoking okay, cigars. Yeah, but this good. man, you can get a hold of Gene at basically any, any time, any uh, form of, yeah, uh, of media. But, but tell us, uh, how did you get started in, in photography? Uh, probably around 14 years old. I had a friend of mine uh, who – had a friend who was the staff photographer for the L.A. Dodgers, Los Angeles Dodgers. And he was looking for an assistant to help him carry camera gear around or just help him in the dark room, that kind of stuff, you know. So he told me, he says, hey, you want to make some money? I'm like, how? So he says, well, hey, I have a friend of mine who does this for the L.A. Dodgers. He's a photographer. He's looking for someone to help him carry gear and everything. He's paid like three bucks an hour. You know, back then at 14 years old, I mean, God, that's pretty good money. So I said, okay. So he introduced me to him. And uh I got to go to the Dodger games with him. You know, he drove and everything. I got to carry his gear and everything. Going Access. To, yeah. Go down to the dugout, meet the players, uh, go up to the press box. Really exciting. And then I held him in the dark room uh, doing, uh, you know, doing the black and white pictures and stuff like that in the trays and everything like that. So I just got totally just, this is like, wow, this photography stuff is really cool. And, of course, he had the, uh, the big Canon F1 with the big motor drive on it. That was like the 10 frames a second. Yeah, that was then. the camera to have. So, um I, so I just totally got wrapped up into that. It was really incredible. So I sort of, you know, I got a, I don't know, I think by the time of 14 or 15 years old, I, got, I had my dad give me a camera for my birthday. It was a Minolta XG7. And uh, it just started going, shooting pictures from there. It just kept going, going, going. Uh, through You know, I did through my high school years, uh, for my senior year, I worked for two yearbooks for two different schools. Oh. Yeah, because I say I went to a private school, okay? I went to Glendale, Adventist Academy in Glendale, but... Where I lived, I lived near Hoover High, and all my friends around my neighborhood all went to Hoover. So I had like two groups of friends at the other school and at Hoover. And so uh, I was taking pictures, and how that sort of worked out was I, after school, I liked to hang out with my buddies at Hoover and everything, and my friends there lived around the neighborhood. So I took pictures, and I went to um, one of my buddies. Uh, he was the manager for the football team, and no one would help him out to manage the football team. You know, with gear, I said, well... You know, uh, see what your teacher, uh, your coaches would say. I'll come and help you. You know, get to get in with the gang and everything. And so, the coaches uh, didn't have any problems with that. And so, I came with them to the football games. If you know, Friday night and everything, helping with the gear. And I also took pictures at the same time. You know, sort of both. And so, whoa, what was that? Earthquake. Uh, Tim fell down. Oh dear. Are you alive? Are you alive? <laughs> Test. <laughs> He's freezing in Colorado, right? <laughs> He's icing over. Uh, right icing now. over. Oh god, we better hurry. But anyway, so I, uh, I. Uh, you know, I took pictures and I started showing the, the photographs of the football players and they bought pictures from me. They really liked the pictures. And I gradually, uh, one of the cheerleaders there saw my pictures she, and she, you know, she introduced herself to me. Go, do you go here? I go, well, no, here's my scenario. I go to a private school, but I'd rather come to a public school. But she saw my pictures and she was head of the yearbook class. She said, these pictures are great. Well, why don't you come over to our yearbook class? You know, it's like 3.30 every day, you know, after school. 
And so I got invited over, you know, she invited me over. So I went and met the teacher and he liked my stuff. And, and so, uh, and I also was doing the stuff for my yearbook for, for, for uh, the Glendale Academy. So, uh, and so I was going back and forth as a senior from both schools, working for both, you know, shooting pictures for two different schools for the yearbooks. And I was busy. I was that crazy busy back then. Cause you know, it was all film and trays and all that kind of stuff. So, so that really got me going into the photography stuff of, of my senior year. I graduated class of 82. And, uh, and after that, um, I figured what direction I want to go in photography back then, you know, after I graduated. Right. And, and at this time, you know, I really didn't, I did some news, but not much, but, uh, um, of course, the main school back then to go to was Brooks Institute, but they mainly specialized in commercial photography only. They didn't do any photojournalism back then. That wasn't even offered. And actually, my grandmother uh, even offered to pay for the tuition if I wanted to go. Yeah, but wow. I declined because it, it didn't really suit me because I did help some of my other photographer friends in studio work and stuff like that, holding things and lights. It was okay, but it was boring. It really got boring. I was more for... Something more fast in action. Yeah. So, well, you're a run and gun kind of. Yeah. So I uh, went to, uh, <laughs> I guess I, I gradually went to the Glendale News Press and showed them my stuff, and they liked it. And so they started giving me a regular photos assignments. And also, I went to Glendale College to take a photojournalism class there. And pretty soon, the work was getting so much I couldn't keep up with the photo assignments at Glendale College. But the teacher saw me. He says, "Hey, you got a thing working here with a newspaper, you know? Why don't you bring your work in from the newspaper? I'll grade you on that." You oh, know? very good. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, really cool teacher. And so I brought in stuff from sports and some features and, you know, and, you know, something ran in the paper and everything. And, and of course, Action News, I started covering my first fires and everything. And the firefighters wanted pictures. And it just kept growing and growing and growing. And I've been doing it ever since for the last 30, 25, 30 years of Action News because it's a lot of fun to cover. And, you know, it's every day is a different day. You'll have days and things going on and not. And so I just, it just sort of grew. Where I went left for the you know went from the news press to the daily news and now it's just been it's been going crazy for the last you know twenty plus years of, of covering all these you know crazy stories that we have out here in L.A. and Southern California and some of the other states. And you've been with the daily news for how long now? I'm going on my twenty sixth year. Twenty six six years. Yeah, yeah. This November, I think I've been wow. there. Yeah, the twenty five twenty six years. Yeah. Now I, I want to make sure we we talk about something. I was hoping Joe Brown could join us because he shoots for a local newspaper. Back in Massachusetts. Right. It's a family-owned okay. paper. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Very few um, of those left around in the country, right. the way things are. Well, yeah. he and he's got some wonderful insight as to the status of the newspaper business as oh, it is yeah. now. We want to hear your point of view. We talked about it a bit during the La Brea fire right. about how, how life is for a newspaper photographer now, how you've had to branch out to other clientele. But Absolutely. Uh, whether you want to be specific about the daily news or not, or in, in keep it in general about the newspaper as an industry right now, as a as a paper product versus an online product now. Is it going that way? Oh, what, it's, what, how, how is that going right now? It has changed so much um, going through the years of photography, and especially my kind of line of work. i got to keep up with the technology because it's changed so much in the last five years since digital cameras started coming out and getting better in their quality. Um, of course, with the recession going on, uh, what's happened to the newspapers? Everyone knows that you know it's, it's just not one paper. It's, it's happened to all of us. Um, I've taken a hit. My you know the freelance budget has been hit several times, but probably for the first fifteen, eighteen, probably for the first fifteen, eighteen years, uh, my budget was never touched. So I was I was doing really good. But then you know new owners took over. They started cutting here. Staffers have been laid off. That's happened to all the papers. And then my budget got hit a couple of times, and I've I've taken a major hit. So I had to branch out. I had to get back. Uh, 
uh, started doing some work with the wires, you know, with AP, Reuters, that kind of stuff. You know, it's mostly entertainment stuff, you know, the red carpet stuff. I do mm-hmm. that too every now and then. But uh, I had to start doing that to make up for the loss that I hit. But, yeah, I've taken a hit big time. Oh, yeah, it's – it's and still today, um, they're they're really tight on the budgets everywhere. They're watching every penny, and and it's, you know, and it's everywhere. Um, but, of course, now, you know, with the online now, the papers – everyone knows the papers are shrunken. Some are gone. Even some of the big ones, uh, especially in, in uh, Colorado, you know, with the – Rocky Mountain News. I mean, you think of almost 150 years around, and it's gone. You never think that would happen, but it did to a big major newspaper uh, like I that. I think when you, I, I look back at all those years because uh, yeah, I've known been around all the most all of those the years. And the Daily News, for example, started. Uh, you know, we have several friends. You work with them all. Started with about 26 staffers at one time. One time, yeah, and it was that over got 20 cut. plus. Yeah. And now then they got down to 12, and now they're down to, I think, 7. No, we're down to 5 plus me. 5. That's it. Yeah. 5 staffers. But the way the work Are you is, the only freelancer left? I've pretty much been sort of the only one for quite a while, but, yeah, I'm, I'm it. And uh, and the budget's pretty – it's pretty – it's lean, as I could put it, would be the word, you know, and – you know, but that's you know, how they're cutting things. And so you go back, you look at all like those great. years. How many different city editors and photo editors? Dean's still there, and right. and uh, quite a few of the guys you've worked with. And he's gotten this reputation, Gene, um, that he's a daily news. Everybody thinks he's a daily news staffer. He's a contract photographer or freelancer. Yeah. So he's not hired by the paper, but they pay him by the piece. But they also send him on assignments, yep. which has kind of dwindled down. Oh, big time! It's it's not the same because we don't have the room and we don't have the writers anymore too. We've lost so many writers have been either laid off or moved on into a different fields. Yeah. I, I, we don't have the assignments anymore. I'm lucky. I'll be honest. Uh, I'm lucky if I get maybe two assignments a week, maybe three, if I'm lucky, if I'm lucky. And because plus, of that, plus, plus, plus again, breaking news stories. you've had to, you have to be available for all this work, but you've had right. to expand not only uh, in the clients you serve but the media you produce because you're shooting more video now uh yeah i did a lot of when i got into news uh i did do video f- i mean i was doing news already but i got into video more into news i worked with an outfit called le news service here in la that we did the you know the stuff at nighttime all the video stuff uh, so it was really that's how i learned all the trade of the news how i learned the scanners uh all the tricks in the trade of, was i learned all that on the streets with these guys and everything it was really great so i did video and stills back then that's you know carrying the ikigami camera with a tape deck oh nice yeah Great stuff, but yeah, I'm surprised. My I'm surprised I don't have back problems today, uh, you know, from those days of uh, learning, you know, shooting that. But um, I learned all that back then, uh, doing video. But then I there were so many video people around. Even back then, I decided to just go ahead and uh, you know I'll, I'll stay with the stills. So I got more. I started getting more work with the daily news back then. So I I went with stills, and I've been pretty much doing that for ever since. But then now with of course now with the internet, video. Uh, I know how to shoot video and everything. It's almost like doing stills. Surprising. Uh, so I just I still use my same te- same techniques from back then in the early '90s of how I do video today. Same way, you know, it's eight to ten seconds straight still shots, and then I shoot to try to avoid editing. So it's eight to ten seconds per shot here, 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 and then it's pretty much all together. When I edit, it's you know, I put it all together, bang, it's ready to go, depending but, on the situation. And now I know both you and I have been trying mm-hmm. to construct all these different rigs for shooting video right. and stills at the same mm-hmm. time. And the thing I have to keep in mind constantly, maybe the biggest thing, is how I move the gear. Because when you're shooting just stills, snap, snap, move, snap, snap, move. Well, if you're recording video, you have to have those movements be, <laughs> be fluent. Well, yeah, depending on the situation, yeah. but Or you, you, you take a couple of still shots, but then, okay, i got to give another 10 seconds. On the video, too, right. so you still have a good 8 to 10 
a good steady shot to put the uh, put the, the piece together. Right, because you need so. room to edit, and you you need to tell a story. So you're almost you, telling two stories. And you have to remember that. Uh, I did a I did a video piece. Uh, the last uh, big boxing match I did up there with uh, Mayweather, the Mayweather fight. Um, I put my little GoPro, the GoPro video camera next to me. So I'll, I'll show what it's like. So, you know, in the media madness of all the crowd there of the boxers arriving to the MGM hotel. So, I, you know, I got the video, just letting the video go. And I'm just, you know, it's a wide angle thing. You don't have to focus. It just, it's like a 24, 20 millimeter. You don't have to focus on another. Just let the thing go. So I kept shooting pictures and everything. I'm doing some Hail Marys and everything. I kept looking like this, looking at my view. Okay. A little bit lower, but for video wise, it's like, you know the videos going right. up and down, up and down. I didn't, I didn't have one steady shot of above the all the cameras with a boxer getting interviewed because I kept looking at my camera, make sure oh, I got them okay. still. But I forgot to like, okay, hold it up there for ten seconds. I forgot to do that in that one piece. But so you have to remember that um, when you're doing something like that, like you know, you got two completely different styles of shooting. Yeah, I mean, you have to just, you have to give it the time. But you can be doing ten seconds of a close up shot, but then here's something else happening. You know, you got to get right to. It. You don't want to miss the still photo. So. Um, but now, you know, with the cameras again these days with the video built in, they're getting better and better. And so hopefully, uh, I still do with the video on the side, but uh, right. once they get the the autofocus part a little bit better developed, um, I'll probably move up to a, a camera to that will be able to do that, you know, depending on what Nikon comes out with. Well, that kind of brings us back around to what Ross mentioned at the beginning of the show, is he has a new camera. What are your thoughts on the Canon 7D? Ross Benson. Ross. Oh, Ross. How's a 7D? He oh, owns got a, 7D. a 7D. Can oh, you believe it? I uh, hate him. I hate him. Uh, the camera's uh, is getting some rave reviews. I got to play with it uh, on a photo shoot once. Uh, did some video. I was pretty blown away of the quality. Uh, uh, it was just phenomenal. But trying to... You're so used to a regular video camera, the thing's not focusing. You had to keep focusing it. Uh, zooming back was different compared to uh, using your thumb zooming back with a video mm-hmm. camera that you're so well, used to. Well, Ross, so. have you found it difficult... <laughs> holding it, uh, operating it as a video camera because DSLRs are not designed to be held like a video camera. Actually, you know, video cameras are designed in such a way that they lend themselves to good video and, and right. ease of use where DSLRs aren't exactly constructed to be used as a video camera. Well, maybe I should, should uh, be honest here. Um, you don't have a 70? No, I have a 70, oh. but I'm on still. <laughs> You've never seen one? <gasps> I'm still on page 13 of the instruction manual. No. It's on the table. I got contents. past the French part and the oh, German good. and the Spanish part. Hello, oh, hello. Scanners. Uh, all, all kinds of stuff going on in the um, neighborhood here. No, I, uh, I only shot one thing so far with video, and I found having a one gig card in there took about. Two frames. I mean, you oh, have no, to. Oh, no, you're going to have to jump up to a 16 or a 32. Exactly. Or and, fa- and fast cards. Oh, that makes a big difference. I get asked all the time about the cards. But, oh, they make a big difference depending on what you're shooting. Especially when well, that's what I'm learning. Um, this is a whole new uh, camera for me. I went from uh, a 20D, uh, which I finally paid for, and to a 40D to a 7D. Um, and, I, and, I, and I have to say that a job. Um, paid for the camera, you know, and I reinvested it, and I got a camera, a grip, and a new lens, uh, 15 to 55, 2.8 all the way across, Tamron lens, so it's pretty fast. Uh, But Mm. there was an accident last week, and, you know, we talked to Tim a while ago about some of his accident stuff that he's doing available light. The available light. And so I went to an accident, middle of the night, Burbank has great, tons of street lights, and I pushed that ASA up there, and I leaned against a cop car while they were, you know, to- booking a guy. And I'm just, I'm still in awe, you know. Oh, yeah. I came back, and I blew it up on my, you know, 19-inch screen. And I'm going, wait a minute. If I'm shooting this for the paper, it's only going right. to be. Right. So I haven't really shot a lot of video. But so far, the camera 
Yeah, they have redone the processors in it. They've retooled it. Um, I'm still in shock looking at that viewfinder from a 20D that was a thumbnail <laughs> to a three-inch, right. you know. Right. So that, you know, it's a great tool. Well, I don't think you will ever be able to sell Tim on Canon, no matter how good they get, because he shoots Nikon. Gene, you're I shooting do, Nikon I do now? Bo- I do both. You're, you're a convert. Well, I, I've gone back and forth through my career. Yeah. Uh, I've gone back and forth. Most lot of photographers do, but now you know, way, the way things are these days, most of them can't do that anymore. When I was doing good with money and everything, I could go back and forth, and Nikon would come up with something good. Well, then Canon finally caught up. I mean, Nikon pretty much started the whole thing with with the D1 coming out. Uh, they had 3D. Well, 3D. 1D, sorry, the 1D that was under 5000 bucks, five frames a second. Um, that pretty much really started the, the ball rolling and everything, but it, it took a while for Canon to finally catch up with the, uh, with, the with their D1 finally. And so... Um, uh, 1D, D1. Yeah, I, know, it's, it's, I get D2, so confused. S, but I've, I've gone oh, back and forth. Of, he uh, has. Uh, I remember uh, I had Nikon. I started with Nikon yeah. until I developed carpal tunnel in both hands. <laughs> They're boat anchors, and I still have my F3. Uh, oh, and one. I oh. had a titanium F3. Oh. I had a regular F3. Does it got the titanium? No, I got rid of it. He hangs it from an engine block. <laughs> in fact, I traded it for some candy oh, I mean, bar. You had that, everyone wanted a titanium back in those days. Oh, oh yeah. that was a thing. Like a Leica. Exactly. Then I went to Canon. And it, back then I was shooting polo at the Equestrian Center. And that lens, I needed the fast and everything. And I kind of stayed with Canon. You, uh, I remember you changing from Canon to Nikon. Right. Only recently, I think it was because of the D three hundred, wasn't it? Or which one well, was it? Just recently, my recently. Why yeah. did you change from um, Canon to Nikon? Uh, the reason was is I went. Uh, everyone who's probably shot uh, the Canon, the Mark three, the Mark three that oh, had the, the focus problem, problems. the focus problem, and um, at the ten frames a second, it was a great camera. But first, I thought it was the lenses having the problem or whatever. And so, until someone on Sports Shooter started talking about, hey, is anyone else having this kind of a problem? Uh, I'm like, and then boy, the threads started to come up. Hey, yeah, I'm having that same problem. I realized it was the camera, and then that uh, I never can pronounce his last name right. Rob, Nanashiro? Oh, no, no, Robert uh, up in Canada, the little the little camera guy, Robert Garbuth. He has his website. Oh, Gilbreth. Gilbreth, how's it pronounced? I think Gilbreth. 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 Yeah, he's the one that broke the story on the problem with the Mark III. Okay, and Canada would never admit to it unless you know. Thank God he did this, and so I went through two Mark Threes. And when I got my second one, okay, I'm up in Vegas photographing Team USA basketball, uh, trying out for the Olympics. Okay, I got Kobe Bryant and LeBron James on the same team playing here, okay? We're talking, these guys are just airborne crazy, incredible dunks, playing basketball. And I see my camera starting to have the same problem. Mm. Two shots are from focus, two or three are soft, then sharp. It was going back and forth. So I had to shoot probably five times the amount of photographs. Just to make sure I had sharp pictures, and especially when you got Kobe and LeBron on the same team going like crazy. Yeah, that's Rob Gal- Galbraith, G A L B R, great guy. Yeah, yeah guy's got an incredible website. He does all the reviews and everything. And believe me, the big companies watch what this guy says, especially after the Mark III situation. So, so with the failure of that Mark III, the second time, and uh, basically, I, I have a good uh, Nikon rep friend of mine for a very long time. I told my situation, and he says, "Hey, well, hey, look, you know, I'll, I'll send you a D three kit. This is when the D three, the, the D three, three D came out. God, I'm getting never it's impossible. Isn't I it? can't get these <laughs> things right. Well, the new Nikon three D came out, um, so I got that thing, and this is, you know, of course, you know, the high ISO is just phenomenal. This thing, well, I've been hearing about it, so I play with it for about a probably about a week or two. I'm like, oh god, okay, I'm sold on this. And then my camera dealer guy, who I've been dealt with for for over twenty years." 
he if, he was lucky if he got a D3 in once every month and a half because there was such a hot item. He called me up because he knew the problem I had with my Mark III. He goes, hey, I got a D3 and just came in. The guy canceled. Uh, if you want it, bring your D3 and I'll switch you out right now. I was over there within the hour. You know, and I remember when in Gene out. Switch, people need to realize Gene – um, I I call Gene an adrenaline junkie. I mean, <laughs> to say the least. If you can't tell by us even getting into the conversation here, Gene is definitely an adrenaline junkie. I mean, you put a fire in accident or something running or moving in front of him, he is wham bam thinking, ma'am, he's there. And you got to have equipment that works good mm. and reliable, going to be durable and durable. And Gene, at four in the morning, when he rolls out of bed and rolls to a fire, it's got to work right. Boom, no questions asked. And we happen to do. Uh, buy from a, a photographer that knows exactly what we go through. Um, and uh, it's not one of our big uh, name brand stores out here, uh, out on the West Coast. He, he's kind of big, but he knows what we want. Yeah. And uh, he'll support us camera wise. Yes, uh, Scott over there, Woodland Hills Camera. We should get them to sponsor so, the uh, podcast. That's right. Yeah, he's talked to Scott. That's you where know, I bought Scott my camera from. Scott. I bought it from Scott. Scott deals with it. He knows what we want. He gets us the stuff. And when he called me about the, getting that night, it was just a freak of nature that this guy happened to cancel an order. He called me up right away because, you know, I had the problem. I was over there within the hour, turned in my Mark III, swapped it out for the D3. And uh, uh, and then, of course, I had to get a little money out of my pocket, of course, uh, for the difference a little bit, but also had to get some lenses, you know. And then I've been I've been with Nikon ever since uh, with the D threes. Uh, th- yeah, three D three Ds guy. I'm never going to remember this. Hey Tim, help us out. I was jump just going to say Tim. Well, can we write this down? You know, the, Tim, the jump in any time with this D three three D D three hundred stuff. The D3. So yeah, the D. There's, they start with D. That's the Nikon. So, but uh, and of course now with a peak and twig of the D three S makes the D three look like oh my god. I don't know, but uh, I'm holding off right now. Um, the D3S is incredible because now you can shoot 12,000, uh, 12,800 ISO and the stuff. There's no noise. Oh, Tim's gone. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. He'll be back. He'll okay, be back good. in a minute. We okay. didn't realize we lost him. We'll get That's him back. That's when he That's fell. He's still applying he's the ice. Fr- he's, uh, he's frozen stiff. Oh God. He's like Han Solo in the uh, <laughs> yeah. carbonite or whatever it is. So Gene, so, uh, just, okay. So you're shooting with a D3 or D3S? The D3. I got the okay, D3. Okay. D3. Yeah. And now I saw your, your, a couple weeks ago, I, I follow Gene almost on a daily basis. I look at the really? daily oh, news. Yeah. That explains the restraining order. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and oh, we have been – It's called stalking. Like I say, I remember the days when I went to fires and I was out of film. We'd all turn to Gene. Gene, the back of his truck had bricks of film, batteries, <laughs> camera equipment. Oh, he was a lifesaver. I remember the auto accessories <laughs> fire in Van Nuys. We were all running out of film. He was throwing us <laughs> rolls of film across. Oh, I had my, uh, my, my pouch is full of film, yeah. It oh. was like a war movie. It's like, I'm out, I'm out, ammo, ammo. And yeah, he, he, he would had... lob, a, here'd come a roll of film over yeah, the I remember, a fire engine at you. I remember quite well. But I saw your stuff, I think it was that uh, Corvette that overturned a couple weeks oh, ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, the vet crash, right? And you shot, and I could tell your available light stuff. You probably pushed that up quite pretty high. Uh, well, I did. With, I, I, I brought out the monopod, and the light was sort of okay with the street lights, but you know, the, the street lights give that yellowish. Right. So I, I went into a tungsten setting, try to help it a little bit. It did a little, uh, but uh, yeah, I pushed it. Um, yeah, I, I went. Uh, I went sixty four hundred. That's and uh, I think about. Yeah, I think it was around sixtieth. You remember your film days, Gene? You used uh, to God, get to God, sixteen, you even, and you didn't even want to go over sixteen back then until Fuji got better. And, and but uh, oh my God, yeah, the, the, that's what's nice. Everyone's asking about the reliability of these cameras now. They for those kind of situations which do happen, you have to shoot available light. These newer cameras with the seven D uh, from Canon and the Nikon D three or D three S, the ISOs are just incredible, getting so much better. Where the day of we call it noise. 
will be a, probably a thing of the past, probably the next one. That's why I'm, I'm sort of holding off on the D3S, uh, waiting to see what the word might come out, say a photo. Oh, All right, we all got to go. Vehicle into a tree. <laughs> vehicle into a tree. It's, it's the big one. Size up. <laughs> But, yeah, um, it's um, yeah. When we used to process that film, you know, you remember we used to use additives like uh, AccuFine to make the grain look less. And any any way you looked at it, you had grain. We used to cover football games together. Was oh, it yeah, you know we'll Glendale High and there were no lights back out there. when they wore just the leather like Snoopy helmets, <laughs> well, right? Almost. Oh, because, oh my god! <laughs> but I'll tell you, the light was that bad. Oh, now, it, still, it still is at some schools. Oh my god! Uh, oh, it's a black digit. hole. You can see it with your eye. You think it would be fine, but you start start shooting it. It just absorbs oh. all the light. Oh, it's in, it's incredible. Uh, some of these schools still have bad light. Yeah. I mean, I do high school football every now and then, you know. But uh, but yeah, the high schools have gotten better. Thank God they've finally got budgets and better lights and everything. But yeah, you know. Now, man, oh, see, yeah, Joe you, Brown would love this conversation because uh, the show could, would never end. <laughs> really? Because he could relate so well to no light shooting these high school oh, football yeah. games, and then, of course, some of the accident scenes too. That's you'll love the seven D on that. I mean, God, instead of flashing in with reflection coming off the firefighters' jackets and everything, use available light. You know, pump. You know, with your camera, you pump it up to sixty four. It's yeah. gonna look gorgeous. Yeah. That's keep, what keep Tim was saying a couple weeks high. ago, and that's one of the reasons I saw one of his pictures on the highway, right. and they had very little light out there, and he's shooting available light. They're beautiful. And I, yeah, they are. And I said to the chief. Uh, I showed him this camera the other day, and I said, it's only going to benefit your department more because now I can shoot that available. Every rig has reflective on it. Every guy uh, has reflective on it. Especially those vests they wear now, too. The, the, they yeah. have to wear the, the OSHA the, vests. Yeah, yeah. yeah, God, yeah. That's even making it worse. So, so okay, yeah. we, got, we, we got that figured out that you have a D3. And what barrage of lenses are you using? Um, my typical two main lenses that I use for news, uh, I, got a, I have a it's, – it's an older lens from Nikon, but they still make it. It's a twenty-four, a twenty-four to eighty-five, two, f two point eight to f four. Okay, so it's pretty uh, fast. Yeah, sort of fast, but it's not a rugged type lens. I've had that thing in the shop a couple of times already because you know it's not, not not it's not like they're they're good quality lenses. So I use that one, and I also have a seventy-five to three hundred on the other camera. Uh, it's a four-five-six. So you're uh, so you're a two-body shooter. Usually oh, I prefer cameras. usually sometimes I need to have three bodies in certain situations, but yeah, definitely two. Oh, always two. And those are my two main lenses I use for news and daytime stuff. I do have the bigger, I do have them. I do have a 24 to 72, eight. Okay. That the top gun type lenses I do, but I only use that on certain sports events or certain situation. Cause I, you, know, you see me, what I go into, I thrash these, I thrash right. this gear up yeah. so I remember, bad. I remember people used yeah. to buy used equipment from you, but it, somehow it would be pristine. Why? You never because saw you covered secret? every, you mummified I, 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 everything I, 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 in, gaffer tape. Tape. in gaffer tape. I used to, yeah, cover my cameras <laughs> in gaffer tape and uh, it did work. When I took all that gaffer tape off, clean up all the glue, the camera looked brand new. They I, rattled like maracas, and, but and, they and, looked great. And yeah. I got a, you know, a decent, but I, decent you got to add in there. Every time there's been a fire or a rescue, we usually go back a day later to look for either a radio. That's Something laying around. Well, you're, you're famous for that. That's uh, how you find well, your way back so, to your car. Yeah, that's the only thing that happens. Uh, you lose. Oh, that's still. Boy, I try to put everything in that in that uh, newswear vest. Everything stays right here in front of me. Well, you so. like, the, you like that chest vest. The chest, yeah, the newswear. Yeah. It, it's, right. it's good. Is that yeah. what it's called? Newswear? The, the newswear vest. The company is newswear. And yeah. I think really? it's called the chest yeah. vest. Yeah. Really? Yeah, like, I get the nickname. I get the nickname, you know, the bomber photographer because it looks like a bomb vest. Don't wear one into a bank. Uh, yeah. Ooh, no, 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 yeah. But it looks well, like a bombing vest. <laughs> you, know, you, just said, you just said a word a bank, one of Grugine's famous shots. Bank of I mean, America. Oh, bank yeah. of America, him and Mike Meadows. I remember you and I were sitting at a restaurant listening to them literally diving under cars and boats. Well, I remember them, being on the radio with these guys shot. all morning because I was watching all the news channels. Well, they were 
Give taking rounds across the street. Oh, yeah. Literally, and we heard those rounds. I still have that big autograph print you made of me. Yeah. yeah, I still yeah. have it. I have yeah, a couple in my garage. Yeah, the odds yeah. of that getting that happen again would be a million. I remember one. it was a it was oh, a God. shot across the street of the of uh, uh, Phillips holding the rifle, rifle up with a rifle. Bank of America sign over. Oh, him, I saw that picture and right you, there. And you wrote on it, "Hey, thanks for being on the outside with me while I was on the inside <laughs> with this guy." Yeah, yeah. That's right. yeah you get his play by play on the radios. Yeah, that was uh, that was a fun day in the neighborhood. I, that was and I don't else. know if people across the world that listen to this podcast realize we've known Gene for so many years, and we shoot next to him all the time. This is just a daily occurrence for Gene. It is. I mean, but it, it should be said as as uh, successful as you've already been, as talented you are, as you are. Um, You'll give people the sh- you'll give fellow photographers a shirt off your back. Uh, I mean, oh, you are a very oh, yeah. very generous guy. Oh, I, by the way, I do like that one. What what re- that uh, is? That's a good boxing uh, <laughs> oh, Kato and Pacquiao and Kato. Good fight. Yeah, what is that? An extra large? Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> extra large. Yeah, fine. Go with the extra large. Uh. Well, I want to get into because uh, you're you're well known also for aerospace photography okay. and storm chasing. Mm, yes. So I want to get into that. But right now. I got to take a quick break because we actually have a sponsor now Ooh. on the FAP podcast, Ooh. Audible.com. If you guys aren't fans of, uh, of reading books or audio books, I'll be honest. Right now, no, you're going to be by the time we're done. Uh, audible.com. For you, just the listeners of uh, the Fireground Action Photography Podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 14 day trial to give you a chance to check out their service. So if you go to audible.com, actually, we have our own website there. We have our own URL. Go to audiopodcast.com slash FAP for Fireground Action Photography. Audiopodcast.com slash FAP. You can download a free book, a free audio book. Now, if you don't like, if you like reading, but you don't like the process of sitting down with a book, holding the book in front of you, having the light, or you're just too busy to sit down and read a book, Audio Audible is the thing for you. I, I've been with Audible for a long time now. I, I'm not a big fan of sitting and looking at a book, but while you're while you're working out, while you're doing yard work, you got your iPod. These work on iPhones, iPods, any MP3 device, and these things are great. They're read by either the author themselves or they're read by actors, and it really brings the book to life. If you get bored easily reading print on a page. This is uh, incredible. I'm going to give you, for your one free download, I'm going to give you a suggestion. It's fire-related. Uh, I didn't realize this was way back in 1999, but the uh, the warehouse fire in Worcester, Massachusetts, that took the lives of, of six firefighters. Oh, yeah, I remember uh, that. I've seen that. All right, yeah, there is a, a book. Audible has over 75,000 books now um, that you can list, download and listen to. It's called 3,000 Degrees, The True Story of a Deadly Fire and the Men Who Fought It. Uh, it's written by uh, Sean Flynn. It's narrated by Richard Rowan. Uh, now, this is a seven-hour and 11-minute listen. You don't have to read it. They'll read it to you. Wow. And it's, it is a, a compelling read, and uh, it's, it's worth listening to. Long storm chase drives. Exa- exactly. <laughs> yeah, if you're waiting, waiting for the fires to happen or if you're going storm it's chasing, chasing yeah. you've got Those a lot of driving to do, throw this in. It's a compelling yeah, read. Take a look at that. Right? And, and, uh, so if you need a suggestion, let that be your free download. So go to audiopodcast.com slash FAP and sign up for your free account, download your free book, and why not let this be your free book. So that's audiblepodcast.com slash FAP. And we thank them for helping to support the Fireground Action Photography Podcast. Well, we're just like a block away. I mean, a week away from Father's Day here, are we? What a great gift idea. 
Absolutely. I'm going on a trip at the end of the month, and I'm going to load my iPod up with some audiobooks because I got about. Oh. Did he book I have about, you or me? I have about huh? 16 Did hours. Did he tell that to you or me? Well, where are you going? Well, it's business related. It's uh, oh, podcast related. But oh, podcast. I have oh, about okay. 16 hours of flying each way. Yeah, I'm going from here to Boston and Boston to an undisclosed island. But oh yes, yes, yes. There's going to be a lot of time to kill on that plane, and I'm going to. I guess I'm you're not going, Ross. Uh, yeah, too bad. Yeah. I'll probably go through three or four books, but it's great because you can just sit back and and listen your way through these books. And it, it's. Uh, you no, know, I hope you enjoy your books. I hope we get a good tornado in the Midwest, and we'll just have to call Craig of his. Uh, just send me the pictures. Secluded island, uh, sir. Uh, we do have an F two tornado I, in the Midwest, and uh, I, I'll be unreachable. <laughs> you won't be able to reach me. <laughs> you probably be on the sand with sand between your toes and a nice cocktail, and have someone reading your book. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, we'll put a link to uh, to Audible uh, in the uh, in the show notes. And again, we thank them. Go get your free free book, and you'll. Uh, you won't regret it, believe me. You'll thank us later. Cool. But back to, to Gene and now well, we were talking about equipment and yeah. I'm just curious because mm. sitting on the desk here, okay, we have Blackberry, we got Verizon, we got Sprint. We got Sprint, we got um Bearcat. Bearcat. Yeah, and a lot of our most of our photographers out there have a barrage of this stuff. Mm-hmm. That, do, yep. And you have probably field tested it's <laughs> all this stuff? Okay. Yeah, you field tested it quite a bit. Okay. Um, well, I, I field test a lot of stuff, and I find out the stuff that does work and does not work. Like, I'm sure a lot of guys um, that when I wouldn't got the uh, the BlackBerry Look at this. Here. Let me see this thing. What is that all about? Oh, that's that's the, that the, the cover cur- thing over at the uh, at the NAB show. Free covers okay. for phones. Yeah. Oh, this is the Sprint. Uh, no, that's, no, that's Nextel. Nextel version of the, the, the curve. Uh, the phone direct with the Direct, direct Connect. connect. But it's, now, the problem with that phone was is that we're so used to seeing, you know, you want to get... What what you get on your laptop and at home, your laptop and at home, on your computer of the website you check out, you want to get the same thing on your cell phones. Well, I didn't I didn't find out this until when I got that phone. I go to a certain website. I'm getting this different type of a website. You get the mobile version of the yeah. Website. I didn't know that existed. Okay, and so I went back to Sprint uh, or next Sprint Nextel now, and said you know, and they said no, that's the way you know, depending on the website. And so basically, I had that I had the uh, the data plan canceled. Okay, it didn't work, so I just I just keep it for a phone number, Direct Connect only. And then I went to Verizon and checked out uh, the phone they had at the time called the Storm, which was okay, but turned out to be not really all that great of a phone, uh, the Storm. And so I asked the guy, "Hey, look, this is the problem." He goes, "Oh no, here, you know, he's punching any website you want." I did. I got the same website on the phone as I did on my laptop, no matter what mm-hmm. website I went to. So I was sold on that. That's one thing you got to watch out for. Now I don't know if that still happens. Some of today. them you can toggle back and forth. Yeah, you the, have with a the Daily News, uh, you if you punch in the dailynews.com on a phone, it'll give you the choice: the the full web or cell phone version. So you have a right. choice. So I guess some do that, offer that. So it's but, a process uh, of trial and error, and you've gone through a lot of equipment, and you've saved us a ton of money, oh, your yes. friends, because we learn what to get and what not to yeah, get. Yeah, I but still need a lot of dinners old to me. It's still. pretty. You guys really owe me I, that. I try. What's lunch? I try, but I. Uh, <laughs> I uh, but, uh, I can tell this is your phone because yeah. uh, it's, it's the free. skin is covered in machine guns and of course the display is cracked. Oh yeah, I I, um, I put that crack there. I think three days after <laughs> I got the phone, I'm like, oh jeez, uh, I think my camera swung into it and boom. So, but uh, uh, what's happening now with the with the phones? Of course, now with all these smartphones coming out, the Evo and the uh, out every and the, week now, it's yeah, seems. the incredible. Um, especially my kind of work that I do, everybody wants this stuff fast, especially for the paper or even some of the wires. 
And so that's really hard to do to take a picture with a digital camera, wipe out, whip out the laptop, and take the card that, that, out. That, download yeah, it. that's that's just too much. So I've been waiting, and it's finally come out with the Evo and also with the Incredible from Verizon. They've got the cameras now, you know, with with an eight megapixel camera in it. The quality, right. the quality is and incredible. a flash. Yeah, the flash, but still just basic stuff. So I'm looking at what you, the equipment that you see here that I have in front of me. I mean, the, I got the it's it belongs to the office, and we have the old phones, but the Palm Trio, which is basically outdated. Um, I'm going to be updating. May they rest in peace. Yeah. Um, good at the time, but, uh, with the smartphones, I'm probably going to be upgrading this equipment to where, um, with my sprint, uh, I got a friend of mine getting us a good deal. I'm going to probably be moving up to the Evo phone, which is incredible mm-hmm. on a good deal with that. And I can add a second line onto it for just 20 bucks. So I'm going to add the second line of the direct connect line that, so I could add, I could discontinue the, the, this number, but add on another number with a direct right. connect for only 20 bucks with that Evo phone. And with my Verizon, as you see, I got the MiFi card, the broadband Rev. Love the MiFi yeah, card. Look, we're great. Well, now this this thing's put inside the incredible, the Droid, incredible phone. It's built into it's, that. It's built right. in. So it's now, a Wi-Fi hub. Yeah. So now I'm, I'm going to check with my Verizon people, but I'm probably going to end up getting rid of this MiFi if I could transfer my data plan because I'm on the old one for sixty bucks a month, twenty four seven, unlimited, like, unlimited, yeah, true unlimited. Yeah, they don't they don't offer that anymore. If I can get this plan transferred over to that Droid phone, uh, the incredible. I'll just end up ending this. And I'll use the phone as this. Because I remember both. one of the reasons you used to have multiple phones is because of the different carriers. You'd have you'd need coverage wherever you were. Yeah, to be, and yeah, one would all, you'd always have. And at especially least one. on the storm chasing, where we, which we you know we do the live streaming now, which is a big thing on the storms. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll have both. So I'll have I'll have the Evo phone, which also has the MiFi in it. We have unlimited MiFi Wi-Fi with it, unlimited data, which comes with it. Also, I'll have the same thing with the Verizon. So I'll have the phone and the MiFi built in. You know, it's all in one. So now I can use the phones. I'll have two different type of carriers um, that will do the same thing for my laptop. So I'm curious, Gene, now with, <clears throat> with news, right? okay, which is is demanding more? I mean, you you go out and shoot something. Mm-hmm. Is it the daily news that's requesting it that, that fast, or is it the wire services? It's usually – it's sort of both, but depending on what it is, it's usually – if it's a big story, mostly the wire service. Like I do some – you know, most of the stuff I do for like with Reuters, it's mostly just breaking news now because they've had a lot of budget cuts and everything. And so anytime they really want anything from me or they call me, it's on breaking news. So – but they want stuff on the wire really quick. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's about getting it out there fast. Getting out and there now, fast. So what you do is show, I think, number three or four we talked about. Early one. One of the early ones, the mobile office, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and so you're literally you're shooting, you're taking your card, you're dumping it into your computer, you're editing in probably a couple of different programs, and then real, you're sending probably real quick editing, like a. Um, well, if you want to do a real quick edit, basically you fire up your laptop, stick your card in, don't download the images, you edit right off the card, pick one or two images, and then get you know crop it the right size, and then send it through the their fetch uh, through their FTP. Now you're so a big, they got it. you're a big photo mechanic fan. You got I'm me a, into photo mechanic. Yeah, I, I, I love photo mechanic. I've used it for many many years. And uh, from Camera Bits, I believe. Yeah, CameraBits.com. Yeah, great, uh, great fan. They're very helpful. Great customer service if you got a snag, and uh, and so that's what I use. But even doing all that takes time, depending on the one. So now I've been waiting for these cell phone cameras to get better, and we heard about the eight megapixels gradually coming out a couple of years ago. But the services that we have can't handle that kind of data so uh-huh. um, um so uh so 
Wow. Well, now, you know, with a 3G network going great, now the 4G coming out with all the networks now with Verizon and Sprint, that stuff now, it's all video and stuff like that. So now, basically, once I get these phones going, probably probably by the end of the month, I'll hopefully have this all figured out of what I'm going to have. It's only been 30 years. Yeah, I'll figure it out. Well, the end of the month, 30 years. <laughs> well, it's funny. another 30, but I figured out it again. <laughs> the reason I ask is the other day at this tanker, uh, overturned tanker on the freeway, the chief comes up to me and he says, you know, with your fancy new camera, does that thing transmit? From your camera. And I go, no, not really. But now with the droid and so forth, um, and the incredible, I mean, the you can get 8 megapixel and be able to send a decent right, right. picture. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, also, a decent picture, well, besides to the website, but also to the newspaper, use it for print. If it, right. So the quality is just the, incredible, yeah. And same thing. It the does best H- camera is the one you have with you, right? Uh, well, it's, it's just so many different ways. So now I can uh, be on a breaking news story. Do my, get my shots with my regular cameras, of course, and then get the get the, the camera phone out. Pop a few here, pop a few there, and then bang, email them in, and let my boss know, hey, the stuff's in. Bang, they get up online in a matter of minutes. Quick question for so, you. Oh, he's back. Hey, Tim's back. My God. It oh, I've, I've been here, but he's uh, thought out. Yeah, he's I hear what out. you're saying on those those cell phone cameras, but no. that almost seems like it, it's it's working against you though in in the news industry because now everybody's carrying exactly what you just said and can get it to the city desk. So. Well, that well, it depends. A lot of these people do have them. They don't know how to use them. We're pros. We know how to use these things just like a regular camera. Well, the problem that we're having out here is that these people, these the news stations here in L.A., you know, you know, be our street team member, you know, sending us your pictures of what right. you got. For yeah. free. Yeah, these people are not getting paid. These people are idiots sending this stuff in. They're not get, they just want to get their name mentioned. Whoopie-doo. So you had your one minute of fame and it's over. Well, we talked about that. Photo credit doesn't pay the rent. No, and, uh, nope. and these idiots that are doing the same thing on the Weather Channel on these storm chases, you know, they send in their video and everything. You know, they're, they're, they're not getting paid for it. It's unbelievable. I would not send anything unless I'm getting paid for it, especially get something really good. And then that's what's sort of hurting the, the, the real chasers out there that do make a living at this for quite a few years. That the you know the only way they're going to make any money is if they get a, a tornado and no one else got it. Right. Like, like our chaser guy, uh, Tornado Tim Baker, there in Colorado, um, he he did a killing last year because he had to be I don't know where it was in Missouri or one of the states. He went into a tornado and everything. He got debris going by his window. The windshield wipers are frozen because they can't move anywhere because <laughs> of the wind. He pans the can over. He got a, a roof. Uh, he panned the camera over and got this roof getting ripped off a house. It's the only one they got it. And then he chases the tornado more. He got these power poles snapping. Bam, bam, bam. He was right in the middle of a great footage. He's the only one that got it. And he made a killing in the sales because he's the only one that got it. Well, we've seen pictures on so, the Internet of yeah. the traffic, lines of traffic of, oh, yeah, quote, storm chasers following the real storm chasers around. It's not only creating a hazard, but it's taking, it's distracting the real ones from the work. Yeah. The scientists, the actual storm chasers, well, the ones that are, uh, that are out there for a purpose or to make a living. But now because of the advent of TV shows and specials about chasers, this, yeah. it's it's a new hobby for people. Oh, that out there, yeah. It's just, uh, it's been crazy. And, uh, of course, you know, Josh uh, with Vortex 2, the, the head the leader of the thing, uh, you know, he was on the Weather Channel about a month ago talking about that incident with all the tr- people were not pulling over for his uh, Dow trucks or anything like that. And he says, hey, just give us 30 seconds to get around you guys, you know, because they had to set up their pods and they missed a couple of storms uh, not getting data. I mean, they've had a great year and they've been doing really good, but they do miss it because of that traffic. Now, from what I've heard and seen so far, that incident hasn't really probably happened too much since then of that many people. I don't know what the... I know it was a severe thing for, like, I think, two or three days out there. Maybe I don't know what's, what why that one event of one to two days there was that many people out there which is incredible and this was in the middle of the week i couldn't believe mm. how many people could be out there in the middle of the week that didn't have to be at their jobs it's just incredible 
I say that every day on yeah. my way to work. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't these people have jobs? Yeah, people, Why is there so much traffic? I know. Yeah. No one well, doesn't have to work anymore. Everyone I drives. <laughs> Gene has gone from a Mustang to a to a uh, Datsun or a Toyota to Toyota a, Florida, yeah. Yeah, a forerunner, now up to a bigger truck. And he had to go because the traffic out here is so bad, got a motorcycle. Uh, yeah, well, I do have a motorcycle. That's mainly because, well, the main reason for the motorcycle was two reasons. Um, I used to have a motorcycle in the beginning days of my work, which was great to get around traffic. But the true main reasons I got the motorcycle was two years ago that, you know, gas was over $4 a gallon out here. Okay. That was one main reason I got the bike. I was saving about $400 a month in fuel driving that bike. And that's, that's ironic because your Bronco gets four miles to the gallon. Just, just about. Yeah. Everything's yeah. four. Almost. Yeah. Not quite, but close. No. Sometimes, 12, it, has, 12, sometimes it has four wheels. <laughs> sometimes. But uh, I got the bike mainly because of that, but also um, for a backup vehicle. In case the Bronco goes down, I do have a backup vehicle. I, I gotta have, I've always been told in my... I took for Tarvey in high school and everything. My teacher, if you're going to do this professionally, and his words are still true today, you got to have two of everything. Especially in our line of work. You gotta oh, have I two remember. You had two vehicles. I remember. No, you you have all the gear in the world, but you can't get there. Uh, yeah. You so you can't you get, if you can't get there, it's useless. So that's why that's the reason I have a motorcycle. I don't drive it that much because gas has been dropping. Of course, we're still a little bit under three bucks a gallon. You know, but, Gene uh, will get there. The 1994 earthquake that oh, we had yeah. in Southern California, <laughs> we shook like crazy. And I look out my front door and Gene's walking up to my front door. Are you okay? Is everything in your house okay? And then he went out and he shot for, I think, five, six, eight days, days straight. straight. Back when he was living behind the dumpster, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the lean, living at home the, with good old mom The and lean dad. Gene days. Yeah. yeah but yeah, I, mean, I, was, he, I was concerned about your, your, that two-story house you were living in. Yeah. I think it was an old one. Oh, oh, was. I was like, oh man, I guess see if Ross is okay because the odds of that thing being down were it's probably still standing, good. but it doesn't mean he didn't go through the floor. <laughs> but, uh, but then he went out and shot. Yeah, and I yeah. mean, yeah, that was a, that you was got a, out there. But let, let, let's talk a little more about the storm chasing and how yeah. you got into that because we've got Tim back with us. Yeah, so he's a weather guy. Let's talk weather for a little bit. How how did you get into the? Is it the adrenaline? Is it what is it about the storm chasing that got you got you uh, following that? My first storm chase, while well, I say covering storms, was. Uh, I was a belligerent, actually. It was back in the early 90s uh, when I hung out at the Black Angus as a DJ. We had a, a, a rare lightning storm that came over the Burbank-Glendale area. Um, it was like one thirty-two in the morning. Okay, the first time I had a lightning storm over my house, I was in for Tarvey at that time. Finally come over. I'm out in the middle of the street with a monopod with my camera. Totally drunk. I'll be honest. Holding the monopod drunk. over your head? Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> so the monopod was on the ground, but I, was, I gotta admit, I had quite a few beers that night. I'm out here in my house at 1.32 in the morning watching this lightning storm, and I'm getting lightning bolts with a monopod. Not a tripod, but getting bolts, doing like probably three-second exposures of these bolts blasting over my house. I still have those pictures. They're still great. But once I shot this stuff and saw what I got on film, I'm like, oh, this is cool. And so that got me interested in weather because I didn't do much chasing. There was much chasing back in those days. So, um, but then when we started covering the, the monsoon weather um, out here in the California, Arizona, New Mexico, or Arizona uh, borders, but also when my parents moved out to New Mexico to retire, it was visiting them. We got some storms out there. It's just like, oh, wow, this is great. So I got more involved, you know, covering the storms and everything, more on the chases. But it was hard, you know, and that would lead to the equipment we had to gradually get, you know, that oh, you guys have now and everything because of what I got earlier with the lightning trigger devices. Mm -hmm. um, that just got me more involved. And then we started the tornado chasing. I was bored with the storm chasing we do have out here. I, you know, seeing the tornadoes and everything on the Weather Channel and those shows that started uh, about five, six years ago, they started showing these tornadoes. I go, man, I want to go one of these things, you know. So 
Uh, this was our fifth year. We're on our fifth year for chasing. Hopefully get out there again before the end of June. Yes, please. Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I haven't Craig, been able to get out. Yeah, yet. Craig hasn't been able to get out, but he's he's aching. But of course, he's going somewhere else at the end of the month. So yeah, I don't I'm think sure. there'll be a tornado. It might be a hurricane that comes through. <laughs> Hopefully, then. you'll get a water spout off the edge of the yes. coast. Oh, good for and you. And I'll Photoshop it onto oh. my front yard. <laughs> but uh, the technology that's come out because uh, right. you know we've got big, these big different time. computer programs and internet programs mm-hmm. that show radar. You can, with a touch of a finger, you can see the radar, local radar in the panhandle of Texas and see what's going on. But also the lightning triggers that make it much easier for daytime lightning and nighttime. But that thing is really incredible. Uh, I got the, like, I was the guinea pig of the group, the photographer group. But get that. uh, I bought the first one like six, seven years ago at least. Uh, and uh, that, you said, oh, what, a lightning trigger? Uh, yeah, Bill uh, uh, Bill Hartenstein, uh, you know, our other f- good photographer friend yep. there, uh, he said he heard, we were talking about weather and lightning and stuff, and Bill got this lightning detector. It was a pager. This thing could tell you where the, how close the lightning was from 5 to 10 miles, 20 to 30, or 40 to 60 miles. Pretty cool little pager, you know. And I go, man, that'd be great if they could make something, you know, they could fire a camera off. And he, it jogged his memory. And he says, yeah, I remember seeing something in a weather magazine about this lightning device that fires cameras off. At lightning, I go, you got to be kidding me. So I went through looking through his magazines. It took me about an hour to I finally found a magazine that had the ad in it. I'm like, okay. So we checked it up online. We checked the website out. And I can see, okay, some people had some pictures on there of this lightning during the daytime. I'm like, this is pretty cool. You know, why? You know, it's, it's impossible to do it, you know, but with your own eyes. So I said, okay, uh, I'll be the guinea pig here. I'll fork out the money on it and get it. So it was probably about $330, $40. Plus another 60, 70 bucks for the, for the guy to modify the cable to work with the camera. I got it. Uh, I tested out with my flash. I'm like, okay, sets the camera off. And it was probably about six months before I finally got to use it. We had a monsoon storm come into Palmdale, finally. And so I had the 20Ds back then, using the 20D cameras. So I set it up to what he what they suggested set it up, had the density filter on there. And we got this, once I saw the first bolts on my screen, Double bolts during the daytime. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, and you need the ND filters on there to the neutral to, density filter to take for daytime. Some of the light yeah, four density. It's known as a, a an eight density filter, but it's actually a four. I don't know why they do why they do it that way, but uh, four density filter for daytime. Uh, you go down to the lowest ISO possible on your camera, and you try to set it for a sixth or an eighth of a second. But I've learned really quickly how lightning is. You try to go as slow as possible because you you get one bolt in a split second you have another bolt come out and you missed it because your camera shut off. Mm-hmm. So I go as slow as possible depending on available light. And the ND filter allows you to slow everything slow down. down. So maybe about a half a second or a second depending on the daylight. You got bright daylight, you really can't go too slower. So you're still going to get stuff. So once I saw those pictures of what I got on that chase, I'm like, oh my god, I couldn't believe it. Money well spent. And then we ran the stuff the next day in the newspapers. I started getting phone calls like crazy, like how in the hell did you get these daytime? Lightning pictures, and I'm like, oh, I'm just fast at the trigger. Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm Gene Blevins. Yeah, fast at the trigger. I'm Gene Blevins. How yeah. dare you? <laughs> but now going, you've got three or four of them because you, you, you're basically triggers. setting up for a 360-degree coverage Yeah, now. you learned. Oh, now no, all you guys, of course. Because when you're looking one way, it happens behind the, you. Yeah, exactly. Lightning, uh, the man upstairs loves to play tricks on us, and he do, does it all the time. So I've learned through the years of uh, I got one trigger, then two, then three. Now I have four to where I can have four cameras going at once if needed. Most of the time, I'll have two, sometimes three, but mostly two in two different directions where the bolts are blasting. And this trigger, is it's awesome. You just set up the camera, and the camera just fires away. You don't have to screw with it. Just let it rip. 
I remember yeah, one of the best trips we had locally was to Kingman and Laughlin. Oh, I was yeah. hobbling around on a broken leg, oh, and right. we're oh, out storm chasing. Right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you had the broken leg. That's right. Oh, yeah. We had to be careful of those dirt Me, roads. Mike Meadows, you. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, Easy oh, on yeah. the bumps. And uh, Josh hey, You came out, though, man. You came out with there. a broken leg and got pictures. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And that, oh, I remember. Oh, that was a fun trip. We had some good lightning that night. That was a lot of fun. But, yeah, the trigger is just incredible, especially for the daytime. And so now, once I had it and everyone started figuring out, of course, oh, you guys bought them. And, and what, what what was the real buster on that was is when I brought that stuff to the Cape, to Florida, uh, to the press area where the space shuttle is, and we had a lightning storm coming over the press area. So I got out of the car really quick, set up my camera. I got these two righteous bolts blasting over the press center. I gave I sent the picture to a buddy of mine who runs the uh, main website there, spaceflightnow.com. So he puts it up on his site, you know, lightning coming over the Cape and everything. And and everyone's going, how in the hell did you – what are you using? Okay. I'm like, eh, I got something. And so, uh, eh, maybe. Uh, so what, what, I'll have what, to check. How they finally problem. saw what I was using. Yeah. When they finally saw what well, we had, a we had a press conference today because the shuttle got delayed because of the lightning. They had to go down for, I think, a 24 hour uh, uh, delay to check systems out. During the press conference, this other storm came in. We had shotgun piercing thunder. I mean, shotgun loud thunder right over. So, oh, I'm going outside, try to shoot this. And I mean, we get just lightning bolts going left or right. It was incredible. I'm trying to shoot underneath this rafter with the rain coming sideways. It's the only uh, one where they get a storm that close. And Gene's the Gene's the one in the room that goes, "I'll be on the roof." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, not quite the roof. Be on the oh, roof God. with a monopod. No. no, but I was underneath the rafters and everything. But then the storm sort of moved away further away toward uh, the ocean and where the uh, the launch pad is, which is three miles from the press site. So, as the storm moved further away and the bolts were out there, it got safer. I went out to the grass area by the time clock. Okay, the big clock out there. I sat up the camera to get the time clock, the shuttle. We got these bolts blasting over the space shuttle. Okay. It didn't hit it. It didn't hit the pad. But uh, I got these bolts and everything. And then there's these other photographers that came out of the press conference, see me sh- out there. You know, I'm, 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 I'm smoking a cigar. Let my camera just fire away, you know, as the bolts are blasting. They come out. They're trying to shoot this lightning with their cameras, trying to do it themselves. My camera's firing it on its own. They're going like, what the hell do you got here, man? I'm like, oh, here. And they're watching the camera fire. Every time the bolts blast, the camera fires. And they're looking at the, like... What the, they were just like, okay, what the hell is this device? No one even well, heard of this you thing. You needed to tell them that you were the only <laughs> distributor in the country for them, and they cost $600 a oh, piece. Oh, yeah, yeah, $600. Yeah, I make my commission yeah. on that. Oh, God. But, yeah, now I know a lot of guys do have them out there now. and uh, But I still had another trick up my sleeve where I took, uh, finally, after getting the lightning trigger, um, two years. I waited two years till we finally were out there for a shuttle launch, and we, there we had a forecast for a lightning storm to come over again. And so this time, instead of shooting from the press site, I took one of my remote cameras that I set out by the space shuttle. Uh, I put a lightning trigger on it because there was a forecast, a chance of a forecast. So I set this thing up, put a big 16-gig card in there, charged up the batteries, and you got to leave the thing on. It's got to stay on. There's no way to put it into a sleep mode. We tried playing around with that. The thing would wake up on a first flash and keep the camera. It just won't work. The thing stays on. And so we set it up. We left that day. The storms were coming in. We're Me and Bill were staying at Cocoa Beach on top of Ron John's surf shop. Watching oh, the yeah. storm coming in. Yeah. Lightning, man. So we're shooting lightning on top of this parking lot. We're looking at the radar like, oh, man, it's going right over the Cape. And the Cape is uh, – uh, the launch pad is 15 miles from us, from Cocoa Beach to where the pad is. So the storm came right over the shuttle, and then it came right at us. We had to actually get underneath the, uh, our room. We have two balconies on our room, so it's great. We can shoot to the west and to the east. It's really great. So we always get this room with two doors, so we can shoot two, two different directions. <laughs> so, yeah, we got bolts hitting Cocoa Beach, or we got bolts hitting the beach on the other side looking to the uh, Atlantic Ocean. So it's really incredible. It's not just a job, people. It's a way of life. <laughs> so, uh, But um, we got word that the shuttle was going to be delayed. They had over, I think it was like 20 or 30 bolts 
hit within the perimeter of the shuttle. They have a perimeter area. If any bolts hit in there, they got to go down for 24 to 48 hours to check systems. So already we had, I think, I think it was a one to two day delay because of that. So we went out there the next day. Everyone that checked our cameras, I checked the camera. It fired uh, 320 shots, 320 photographs, and the batteries were down to half power. So I'm like, whew. So I get those images in my laptop real quick. You know, uh, I switch out the batteries, uh, you know, wipe out the card, put it back in there, set everything back up again. And I'm looking, and out of 320 shots, I had, I had, I think, probably about 20 shots around, twenty shots in the frame. I went wide angle, looking sort of northwest a little bit of the shuttle. I had about 20 shots with lightning around the shuttle, and I had three shots hitting the lightning rod tower of the shuttle, of the, uh, hitting it wow. right on. Yeah, so I'm like, oh, I was just jazzed when I saw that. I'm like, yeah, so I... I got that out really quick when we got back to the press site and everything, and, and the, the one, the bolt just hitting it right on. And uh, NASA, you know, they got their cameras running out there. They actually had that shot too, but it wasn't that clear because where their camera was and the storm was coming in, the, the cloud and the, the moisture was getting in the way, but mine was nice and clear. Now, aside from all the technology that, that helps photographers do this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. yeah. the techniques that you use to shoot sports, to shoot storms, are they the same techniques you use to shoot fires? And to cover emergency scenes, or is there a, you find a big difference? Well, you have sport, to put a different well, hat on. Yeah, well, yeah, with sports, it's a different thing. Yeah, I got to use bigger glass depending on what I'm shooting: soccer, football, whatever, baseball. Yeah, longer glass and glass and uh, faster compared, glass. Uh, depending on the time of the day, yes, yeah, um, yeah. It's a different. Uh, I usually use my better equipment for the sports because it's not going to get thrashed. And I want the fastest speed possible and everything. In the, in Except the, for the off-road stuff. Yeah, for the off-road, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, compared to the fires, it's a different type of thing because, yeah, the, the equipment's going to get thrashed. It's going to get dirty. I don't want to use the good glass on that because if I thrash my other stuff, well, I'm not going to cry if something breaks. If I break one of my good pieces of glass, yeah, I'm going to cry. <laughs> so uh, it's a different a different type of uh, the same camera bodies, but I use different types of lenses compared to uh, new uh, sports and everything compared to uh, fires and stuff like that depending on the type of scenario. And same thing with storm chasing also, because you have a lot of the rain and everything like that, debris. I use my basic lenses for that too, because I just don't want to thrash up uh, you know, right. a good we, piece of glass. We've touched on it. There seems to be a common theme in your photography. If it's blowing up, it's blowing by you, it's it's on fire, uh, it's action. The base, at the core, at its core, there, there's action to it. There's, a, there's an edge to it. Yeah, there is an edge. I call it, I've, I sort of came up with this years ago, but it, it's follow the scenario pretty much through my whole career. And I, I, I call it the three ones. One chance, one second, one shot. How true. Wow. And well, that's basically about 80% of my breaking news. It happens that way. You're only going to have that one chance, that one second to get that one shot. Because well, the odds, it's not going to happen again. It does in a different way, but... It's like with the North Hollywood shootout. I'm like, okay. One, one, one. One, one, one. This is the odds of this happening again. Well, sure, we'll have bank robberies, but one that intense? Eh. I mean, we haven't had anything like that since the 30s or 40s with Al Capone and the guys, okay? Those kind of big shootouts. Which you also covered. Yeah. Well, Ross covered. Yeah, Ross. Ross was there. You know, but. Lucky you. What Gene just thought about. (laughs) Because, okay, look at my baby rescue. Oh, God. One, one, one. I didn't go to that call. I remember hearing that. (laughs) How many times have we gone on a high rise fire or or a car exploding? I mean, I've seen pictures of Gene, how he can sometimes do one, one, one. He's driving down the street and four ducklings are walking across the street and he's prepared to shoot it. 
Well, look at this. Gene's driving through Glendale one busy weekday afternoon, and a fight breaks out between road ragers oh. behind him. Oh, yeah. Who jumps out of his Bronco with a camera firing but him and gets the one, whole one, thing? One. Oh, man, that was a – oh, there's a one in a million. The, I mean, the, the, the Rover boys. It went to blows. It yeah. did. I saw that. Oh, I couldn't believe that was happening behind me. I put the car in park, got out, and started shooting pictures. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was uh, these two Jake guys. Jake Levin's at your service. Yeah, if anyone wants to know exactly what they're talking about, uh, I was at a traffic stop uh, just stopping for the light. Uh, there was a guy behind me in a Range Rover, and I, you know, the big deal is waiting for the light to turn green, and this other guy comes up the side of him. Gets, I see the guy get out of the car and goes over to his window and starts yelling at him. I'm like, whoa, what the heck is this? So I'm watching, and all of a sudden he throws a left a left cross right into his jaw, just right through the window. He didn't break the window, just through his, his window was open. I'm like, holy crap, these guys are brawling. So I put the car in park. I got my camera out. These guys are just going at it right there behind me, and both guys were driving Range Rovers. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Did Range Rover buy the pictures? Oh God, it for an uh, ad. The cars were okay, but yeah. I don't know what ensued yeah. this argument. But obviously, the guy must have did something down the road and pissed him off. But oh yeah, I got these. Great I remember shots the pictures. These, I mean, they were throwing uh, fists. Oh, yeah, 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 there was until a, the cops uh, got there and uh, CHP got there. I don't know. Yeah. It just so happens a uh, CHP just happened to be rolling up. I don't know. God, well, he didn't roll up, but he got gone. But further. there's something to be said for this photographically. So. Is you have your gear ready to go? Yeah, it's the, on your on the seat of your car. If it was in the back of your truck it, or something it, locked in a bag or a case, yeah. it, you wouldn't have gotten it. No, you got to have well, your well, gear. Well, Craig, you know, oh. Oh, it's always been He's said back. that uh, luck favors the prepared, and yes. and Gene yeah, an excellent uh, excellent example that a, a lot of quote luck is preparedness, knowing the equipment, and and one extra step, even as I listen to him shooting lightning, is having the right equipment for the job. And those are all signs of, of a professional and are all good things to keep in mind. It's not it's not the high-end gear that does it. It's knowing how to use it. But having it ready, knowing your gear, and being prepared sure does increase your luck. Well, oh, Gene yeah, has absolutely. an eye, I absolutely. will say. You know, we've all seen Gene's Burbank Fire Department shot up on Elmwood where the firemen jumping off the roof after they ventilated, you know. Um, well, we was, don't know if everybody has, well, but. You're well, right. Stuff, but Ross, I mean, you, you got that, that baby dangling. I mean, I didn't go to that call. I mean, I wasn't really in the area, but, but I heard it was, you know, there was well, a, but look at you. I a mean, standoff. Just, and yet, the picture you got was just, oh, I was just crying. Oh, my God. Just because it was a spontaneous. <laughs> that was one of the million. Let's talk about the fight still because it was a spontaneous event. You yes. had your camera there. You had yep. great equipment. If you didn't have, if you weren't familiar with your equipment and didn't know what settings to throw it on real mm-hmm. quick to get the shot, the guys aren't going to wait for you. They're not there. Oh for no, you. no, you got to have your cameras pretty much. Uh, I, I leave mine in AV mode. Okay, aperture. Okay, okay I just leave it. I just leave them that way, and, and uh, I could just grab and, and start focusing and shooting right away. The cameras will set themselves of, uh, for the lighting and everything. But I have everything. I have my camera setting on my passenger seat right there. And of course, now with video and stuff, I got my I got this bracket made. I have video through my windshield. I could, if I need to, I can get my video camera, put it right on that bracket, and start shooting. Everything is is aligned perfectly, to where the, I just open up the camera, start shooting. I don't have to worry about focusing or angling. It's all preset. So you shoot primarily in aperture priority, or you, you, uh, that's well, where you start. Well, most, you start there. I start in AV mode. Yeah, most of the time I stay in AV mode. Yeah, that seems to be, works the best. Um, that way, uh, it, different scenarios, obviously you change your type of settings and everything, but that's why I usually stay in most of the time for stuff like that. Cause I want to be able to uh, keep the aperture open as much as possible to shoot as fast as possible to available light, depending on the situation. What so. do you, what do you recall as some of your more successful images and, and why do you think they were successful? Uh, why, uh, timing like, okay. Like, uh, well, we have the, the roof jump, well, you know, where the firefighter was jumping well, off the that, roof with well, the, yeah, well, that and then, uh, uh, you know, 
mean, Ross going far so far back is uh, that did. and uh, uh, the Glendale Hospital explosion. Now, oh. I know Ross wasn't there, but I was calling Ross on the radio about this thing. Ex- you know, hey, this thing's going. Of course, he was in Hawaii. It was a medical <laughs> supply place. Oh, yeah, I, then, I remember supply. the explosion in the tank. Place. Yeah. Oxygen right. tanks. And he and I was in Hawaii. He was in Hawaii. I didn't know that. I was, like, I was calling Ross on the radio. I was calling his phone. I guess he had a cell phone like that. I can't remember. But yeah. I was calling Ross. You know, this thing's going. This is before it exploded. And then I didn't realize until later, Ross was in Hawaii. Five-foot tanks are right. flying like through missiles. the air. Missiles, yeah, yeah. And he's diving under engine 27 for yeah. cover. Well, but you got... The moment you captured the moment of of a significant explosion. Oh yeah, because I saw what was happening. The guys were trying to put the fire out. They uh, were in the back of the loading docks, and they were trying to. There was another uh, truck, uh, bobtail truck there with a loaded with tanks. So the one of the fire guys there with the engine in the back was getting in that truck, trying to move the thing away because the fire was inside. And as soon as he got into the truck, all of a sudden you start hearing this pss, like a welding torch. I'm like, what the hell? And the 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 bay door starts turning into a bright light, getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And these guys are dropping their hoses. So you saw and, it coming. Uh, I got the firefighters running away from the door. Like this whole door is being engulfed in this bright magnesium light. I'm like, oh, this is cool. But they're running away. And the last guy running is, hey, Gene, I think you better follow us. And I'm like, oh, crap. So I, I went with these guys. I went across the street and, and hid behind a tree, but still taking pictures. And the whole thing just explodes. I got the whole sequence exploding then the shock wave knocked me off my feet and to the houses behind me all their windows were blown out i mean i gotta admit feeling a shock wave was pretty cool i gotta admit knocking that off knocking me on my feet was pretty cool i gotta admit that was an experience i've never had before so but i got the whole sequence but uh um you know you, yeah you got to be ready for those kind of things you just never know in my line of work every day is a different day so that was a very one of those one 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 situations one chance one second one shot and of course, I got multiple shots on that because it just kept going, and uh, and also knowing the experience, what you had to do this this light was getting brighter and brighter, and the explosion. So every time I took a shot, I kept going down on the f stops five six f eight f eleven. It was getting brighter and brighter. So I just kept. I think I ended up shooting the whole explosion f twenty two. Wow! And that everything pretty much came out. The exposures came out pretty good. It was all film, you know, back in those days. So it worked out pretty good. I, I, it was so bright in that viewfinder. I kept. I'm going down to f22 all the way, and I stayed at that through the whole sequence, and everything just came out beautiful. Have you ever had a closer call than the North Hollywood shootout? As far as the, North, uh, the closest you've come from well, get, eating it. Get, uh, well, for aside from going, are we you know, over the handlebar, handlebars of your your quad in quad. the desert, you know. Oh, but, no, that was just a uh, dislocated shoulder. That's oh, all that okay. was. Yeah, nothing. That, wasn't even your shooting arm. No, I had two shoulders yeah. for probably about three hours, so they popped it back in. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> oh, it hurt. <laughs> well, because with all of yeah. this stuff you shoot, mm-hmm. there there's risk to all of it. Well, there is risk. Uh, yeah, the North Hollywood shootout was basically when I got there, and I thought it was over when I got there. Well, because I remember oh, you and Mike Meadows. Opening manually opening the doors of the, the Ralph super- supermarket because the power was out or something. Yeah, we had to get. We wanted to get. Well, we were and rounds north, rounds we were, hit the door above us. Above yeah. you, yeah. above you your head. The bullets flinging around just like like in a war zone. Yeah, uh, but when I got there, um, I thought it was over. I got out. I see this one officer, a detective guy behind a bush with his with his sidearm out. I'm like, okay, this is a cool picture. So I pull over. I get out, start getting my gear on, and all of a sudden I'm starting hearing all this machine gun fire. I'm like, holy crap, this thing is still going. I, I thought it was over, but no, it was still going. So, and you're across I, the street. I'm across. I'm probably about, uh, I swear, I thought we measured how far. I think oh, on like the back se- side of a se- supermarket. I was, uh, west it was, of it. Um, I was 75 yards away from the guy. I guess from the shooter, the incident. I think about 75 yards. But, but I, I got pictures of the guy, and then I go around the bush. I go, sorry, <laughs> I go around. I go around these bushes to see the situation, 
and I see the guy over there with a rifle. I'm like, okay. Larry this, Phillips. Yeah, Larry Phillips. Yep. Here he is with a rifle. He's all blacked out, you know, with his, his armor on. And I'm thinking, okay, okay, this is for real. And uh, basically, this ain't worth getting killed for. This so let's, I'm not watching this on TV. Yeah, so I'm thinking, okay, this is for real. Let's not get killed doing this. Okay, priority one will be trying to get him. He's the main subject of getting him in action because before the cops take him out. And as I moved around a little bit more to try to get his picture, I saw these wounded people down by the police car bleeding to death. You know, I'm like, oh, man, this is intense. But I couldn't get out far enough to get a clear shot of him or the, this guy was going to pick me off. So I'm saying, okay, those guys aren't going to move. They're going to stay there. The main thing is get the shooter. And so I kept peeking around watching him. He finally came over on that one side of the car, and he finally puts the rifle up. And I, that's when I came up in the bush and just hit the motor drive. I think I got maybe probably five or six frames off before he put the gun back down. I'm just real curious. Yeah. Film or digital? Oh, it was all filmed, 1997. Yeah. Had so, you yeah. thought if maybe you had a rifle, you would have ended it right there? But instead, you got yeah. the picture because you had a camera in your yeah, hand. Yeah, thank God, yes. <laughs> uh, it was, yeah, it was pretty incredible. But that was the main thing is get him. So once I, you know, he was right underneath the sign, he puts the rifle up. But beside obstacles of bullets, and if you see the photograph, I had that. He's got the car, but yeah, he got that, that orange. There were railings or the railings poles or something. In, the railings were in my way of line right of Right through the middle of the shot. Right through the middle yeah. of the shot. So basically, this brick wall that was on, I basically got up on these two little bricks, gave me about another foot higher height so I could you know, just get, get that bar to the lower part of the photograph so that it wouldn't distract it too much. And I got off like five or six frames before you put the gun back down. And then from there, the bullets are still flying, but the one was at that time, the cops were still responding. So I'm thinking, these guys are going to get in that car. They're going to take off. These guys can come down my way. So I was sort of preparing myself like, okay, where am I going to go? Because these guys are going to be spraying bullets everywhere. And of course, it didn't end up that way, of course. But then uh, when Mike got into the scene, we went over... Mike Meadows. Mike, Mike Meadows, Meadows. Mike Meadows, yeah. One of the top-notch L.A. photographers in L.A. And uh, we got around. We went more, uh, a little more south and get more parallel because we saw this Telemendo crew, TV crew, parallel to the shooter. So we were north of him. So we got went through the supermarket. The power was out. And we opened up the doors to try to get to this Telemendo crew where they were to get pictures there. And, then, of course, the bullets are ricocheting off the building and everything. We're crawling on our hands and knees to get over. And, and that's where we got. Uh, I got, was able to get those side shots of the wounded people laying by the police car and everything. And then, of course, the gun battle gradually moved up forward. And I don't know, you guys were giving us updates and everything, but then I heard the LAPD was bringing an armored car to rescue the victim. So I said, okay, I'm going to stay with these guys to get the rescue. And so I, got, I was right there when the SWAT guys came out of the armored car. They're getting the people wounded into the armored car to get them out of there. And then, of course, the rest of the day went on with Phillips, you know, uh, shooting himself and, and then the other guy. Uh, yeah. ended up, it ended uh, up ending down the street. Down the street. But, but for anybody that doesn't yeah. know what we were talking about, the Bank of America and Van Nuys. North Hollywood. I'm sorry, in North Hollywood. Obviously, North Hollywood. The bank the bank robbery gone awry by two of these yeah. armor-covered guys with uh, with automatic weapons. And so happens, I got shots of those guys getting pulled over with all their gear and everything. In Glendale, in we Glendale, were together. Oh, was it two years prior to yeah, that, probably? next to the Holiday yeah. Inn. Yeah, in the Holiday Inn, right on Pacific. Yeah, we, uh, we got shots of a... They got detained. Be- they got they were uh, stopped for a traffic violation, and uh, Glendale uh, called in LAPD and their for car the bomb was squad. Swimming. Yeah, the bomb squad because they had all the stuff in there. So I remember they were there all night trying to shoot yeah. that thing, and it turns out the next day they had a press conference with all their gear, and then after that, that story sort of just died off until the North Hollywood shootout, and they, Glendale's like, 
wait a minute, man. These guys look familiar. It all came yeah. full circle. Oh, yeah, Can full, we put full that picture yeah. of Gene's in the show notes if people want to look at it? If, if you send it to me, Gene, I'll, I'll attach it to the show notes so everybody can oh, see I what would, we're yeah, talking I, I about. I got the stuff on my laptop because okay. every now and then I still get requests for the photos every now and then for something. Right. You know, but, uh, now, there is a video that Gene's in about oh, yeah. the shootout. I, I still have the VHS <laughs> tape. It has the bullet holes in the yeah, cover the of it. Yeah, that was a cool little yeah, video. But they, you were out there. Yeah. Uh, it was a uh, people, people that were there recounting the events of the day, including yourself. Well, yeah, that was an interesting video. But then when they did the movie, they did that. Uh, I forget which actors were in it. I forget uh, which actors. They did a remake of the shootout. I don't know if it was for cable or something. I forget what Must it was. Have, I don't think I've even yeah, seen it. But, you know, once I saw that or seen how they did, I'm like, oh, no, that's not how it happened. That's not how it happened. No, this is not how it happened. So, but they sort of got some of it right, some of it wrong. But, uh, um, you know, the, the video was pretty cool to watch. I'm writing myself a note to ask you, which. Which one of your things, of all the things you've shot, mm-hmm. are the one that sticks in your mind as like, wow, and you have so many because mm. we haven't even touched on the shot. And of we're, the, we're not going to because we're, we're right. of the I mean, space we shuttle. talk forever, but yeah, we've got the, space the, the aerospace, the, the space shuttle stuff. God, we, yeah. We're obviously going to have to have you back, but in some of the things, and maybe including the North Hollywood shootout, what leaps to your mind as the most impactful the most memorable thing you've ever ever shot or covered? <sighs> Not samurai points, porn star. Uh, yeah, that's the. That's this Yeah, we'll talk about it next week. Yeah, I, I, there's so many, but for the the bigger events, oh man, it's. I mean, I gotta. I we mean, could leave this as a teaser for the next time. Well, you're on I mean, the show. it could be. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it could be. I mean, you know, I was in the L.A. riots. You know, Ross was in the riots. I mean, the L.A. riots were just incredible. God, I mean, this whole city was on fire, and then of course the. Uh, the Glendale explosion, being knocked off by a shockwave, knocked OJ's down. OJ's chase. Oh, the OJ chase. Yeah, that was that was fun. Yeah. I tell you, but that was like you bought his truck, didn't you? Uh, uh, a replica of it, yes. Yeah, and I still, still I'm still driving it. And knock on wood, I got a half a million miles on that thing the, the, on the same engine. The chase oh, continues. Yeah, the chase continues. Oh yeah, that was something. That, talk about a, uh, a rel- how should I say a holy biblical thing that you'll never see again on that one. <laughs> once again, hopefully not. Once again, one one ones on that one too. Yeah, even though it was televised, but the odds of getting a chase like that, OJ coming up the 405 freeway northbound, and everyone southbound stopping, getting out of their cars, watching this, watching it go by, uh, uh, incredible! I just couldn't believe it. It was, it, and then the sea of helicopters and CHPs. I mean, this was just like a movie, and it was real, incredible. The odds of that happening mm-hmm. again? Yeah, we'll get our good pursuit chases, but I think like anybody listening to today's podcast now understand why we cannot. Capture, lock down, handcuff, <laughs> glue to a chair, or staple to the seat. Hey, Gene is starting to eat through the ropes right now, so well, we're going to have to we're going to have to wrap it up. And eat. we oh, really no. want to smoke these cigars. Hey, but, um. before you go, I got a, I do have a question. Shoot. A- after listening to all this and uh, just a, just an interesting career, but uh, what uh, what advice would you give uh, some of the listeners, some of the fire photographers? Uh, on what they can do or what they can do to improve improve their imagery. Um, okay. Uh, well, for guys that do the fires and everything, uh, we've learned through the years, and, of course, all of us guys here in this room, we have all this, uh, is have the proper fire gear to protect yourself. I mean, I couldn't believe during the, the Malibu fires how many photographers we saw that just had, like, a bandana around their mouth, and that was it. We had our fire gear. These guys had nothing. It was incredible. So the main thing for fires is have the fire gear, brush gear, um, and uh, – Safety, 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 you know, hang around the fire guys, stay with them, you know, you know, go where they go. I mean, there's times we've been trapped in fires. I thought I was going to lose my car. Me and Bill got trapped on the hill there in Malibu and we had a 
basically pull into a driveway and and uh, stay with the fire guys until the fire blew by us. But man, man, what a photo session! So I got houses blowing up left to right around us. It was crazy. But at least the place had a swimming pool. We had to dive into if we had to. But I thought we we're gonna have to leave our cars behind because, I mean, I had a convertible Mustang back then. So I think, oh man, this roof is gonna catch on fire. I'm gonna be toast. But luckily, it didn't get to us. But um, the main thing is safety gear. And also, I got to be honest, uh, the cameras make a difference too. Durable cameras and the ones, the cameras now with the better ISOs for 3200, 6400, like the 7D, the D3 uh, Canon and Nikons, um, that makes a big difference now because they've gotten so much better with the fire looking better on digital. They still have a little problems if you're a little bit too hot, but you can pump up the ASA to 32 or 64 and use the natural light of the fire to make the photos look really great. That makes a big difference. I got to be honest, you know, if you want to, shoot fires at night and stuff like that uh, and use the available light, you know, get a camera that does really high, good quality ISO uh, for settings. Uh, you know, uh, the D700 is a great camera for Nikon, the D7 for Canon, uh, or even the new uh, Canon, uh, oh, they're uh, Rebel, that XTI-1 oh, or yeah, something. Right. Yeah, that thing's... Even that's it, doing it, high it, def it, video it, Yeah, now. it does video on that little thing. It's less than 700 bucks. So there you go. But that makes a difference too is the quality is uh, for the ISO for a camera for shooting fires. And, of course, having, you know, scanners, you know, listen to the radios and see what's good, what isn't, and and just, you know, go stay with the fire guys. That's the main thing. You'll get shots. You know, you can't do much with fires without the fire guys. And I don't think there's a day them. goes by that I'm not at a scene that some fireman doesn't say, you see Gene Hey, Lee? how's Gene doing? Exactly. Yeah. I was, <laughs> every time oh, he's been in prison for years. <laughs> Oh, that's all. Another whole, whole other story. <laughs> you don't remember that whole internet thing? Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> well, Gene, I got to tell you, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Thanks for taking no, the time. We know true, you have to go true. shoot a game, um, no, but not for a while. Yet. But no, uh, uh, all the years I've known you, it's, it's been a privilege uh, calling your friend and, and shooting alongside you. And I look to look to many more. Oh yeah, how true. I agree, Gene. Yeah. Uh, you've been no, a good friend of mine, and it has been an honor. You're right. When I go to a scene and you're you're there, and I could say. We've been buddies. How many God, yeah. and, and thanks for the film at that fire. <laughs> yeah, um, if you want to see more of, of Gene's work, uh, he's very uh, busy on sportshooter.com, a website we've talked about many times yeah. for a great resource for uh, uh, sports photographers. But you have a lot of photo galleries on your page there. Facebook. Uh, oh, well, well, well sportshooter.com slash photo5150. Yeah, yeah, that's what to it see, is. Uh, or you can look them up by name, sportshooter.com slash photo5150, and you have a bunch of galleries there, and you, usually you'll put some of your latest work up there, too. Usually uh, anything on the high end, I'll put on sports shooters. I don't put everything on there at all. If you want to see most of the news and big story type stuff, yeah, usually on my Facebook, uh, we'll be on there, too, all the different galleries I got. Facebook.com slash Gene.Blevins, yeah, B-L-E-V-I-N-S. We'll put links to all this in the show notes. Yeah, so that's where you can go to questions? see some of Jim's work. We're still working on building him his own website. Yeah, I'll be honest. That's he's, got one of my... too, he's got too much to put in it. That's the thing. That's it's the trying thing. to pare it down. I've been well, having Craig here to help me with a – or I've been telling Craig, I'm going to do a website for, what, three, four years, I'm just gonna, I just, five uh, years? I tell him I'm just going to build him a website, call it my own. <laughs> I'll charge him probably have to be the way to do it. I think people tell. We, we talked about Gene's adrenaline. He wakes up in the morning, and Gene used to be a bodybuilder, I mean, all the time. If he wasn't in the gym working out – and that's – why he doesn't have time to sit down and build a web page? He's out shooting day, night. Rest morning. is too boring for him. I don't. Like, I don't like to say. I like each each thing I shoot. I just you know do it for a certain while and get on to the next one. But uh, I know, I know it's tough to put a website. But of course now it's, it is getting more easier. But still, I got to have someone. Yeah, we'll get it done. Thanks again for being here, Tim. We know. I appreciate you stopping yeah. in with us. We yeah, know thanks, you're Tim. busy as heck at work there with the storms going on. You you're was, working was today, so we appreciate you taking the time to be with us.
And maybe Tim left again. Tim, are you there? No, I'm hey! here. I just yeah, no, always a pleasure to join in. Love uh, listening to uh, to Gene. It's uh, great information and uh, lots of good tips for fire photographers. Read uh, read between the lines and apply it, and there's lots to be learned. It's a great career, and I'm sure it's going to continue, but just fascinating information. So I, I thank you for being here today. No, no problem. Pleasure being here. Finally, I know Craig's been trying to – Get me on it for a while, but yeah, I know. Especially last weekend looked so good, and then he, he's almost through the ropes. Oh, yeah. Ross, get the duct tape. Yeah, yeah. Need two more minutes. But, <laughs> okay, yeah, get the stuff. But uh, of Tim Tons's work at perfectmomentphotography.com. As always, we'll put a link to that in the show notes. Ross Benson, you still have firepictures.com. I do. Your fire pictures on Twitter. We got to get Gene a Twitter account. Too. Oh yeah. No, 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 no. I got to be honest. When that when Twitter sort of became well, when they started like, three or four years, uh, three yep. years, I got a tweet. I, I go ahead and I got an account going. I don't tweet. I don't have time for that stuff. I'm shooting. <laughs> I don't see how these people. Let me just, now everybody um, understands. I don't understands that. I, I got it. Okay, but once I got it going, but I I have never gone on there since. It's another never, step. It's I've another thing to stop tweet. to stop and do. Right? Just, just, how can I tweet when I'm shooting pictures? I, this is crazy. They're going to build it into the back, the keypad into the back of the next Canon or Nikon, but so you can tweet while you're taking. I just don't pictures. have that kind of time. But like on the guy who jumped off the cliff last weekend. The, the the Channel Eleven news reporter, you know, she's there with the camera guy. She's got her tweet thing just ready to put the first word out that the guy jumped. Geronimo. Yeah, just and Susie jumped. Oh, good. I was the first one that got the tweet out that the guy jumped. That meant <laughs> something. Amazing. It's amazing how many people use Twitter for their source of news now, though. <laughs> Everybody, we got the show notes for this show, as with every show, at firegroundaction.com. That is the home of the podcast. Everything is there, including the chat room we now have. So if you go to firegroundaction.com. You click on the uh, Fireground chat Ooh, link. It's a, it's a little chat room, so all you fire photographers, including I'm on there uh, once in a while. But uh, another place for everybody to get together and start talking about photography and fire photography. So firegroundaction.com for all that, as well as all my fire photography, Durling Media for everything else. And you can follow me at Craig Durling. You can follow the podcast at Fire Photos. We're also on Flickr. we got the Flickr group with the discussion group and the... Uh, the gallery where you can uh, submit your pictures for comment and critique or just to display your favorite stuff, that is Fireground. So that's flickr.com slash groups slash Fireground. And we're on Facebook, Fire Photos. So facebook.com slash Fire Photos. And I, we got to thank... Uh, tell me about it. Audiblebooks.com. <laughs> yeah, I haven't got time for this, Craig. I mean, really. <laughs> <laughs> we really got to thank Audible Books. Audible.com. That yeah, I want to check that out. for a, Yeah, get that going maybe for on a chase and just listen to a... Perfect. You that, can listen to your favorite action. 3,000 degree thing sounds pretty interesting because I've never seen that on the news. It'd be pretty good yep. to see the in-depth on that. It's a, uh, it's a great story and uh, you, can, story. you can listen to it. It's the only thing you can do while driving anymore in That's California. That's about it. Yeah, I know. But yeah. audiblepodcast.com uh, slash FAP. We'll also put a link there. But uh, help support those who support us. And uh, that's it for uh, episode 53, everybody. It's been a long one, but uh, the time flew. And we appreciate uh, everybody uh, following the podcast and your continued support. So until next time, everybody, be safe out on those fire lines. And we'll see you next time on Fireground Action Photography.